Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today we are talking Dune, and what are we on, Dave? Is this like chapter 28? No, it's like <laughs> 6 or 7. Uh, well, we do even numbers, so wouldn't that be 5 and 6? So we, 5 and 6? We did 1 and 2. You, Holly, did 3 and 4. Uh-huh. Oh, this is 7 and 8. 7 and 8. All right. Yeah. We are on 7 and 8. Sorry. I the problem is none of the they're chapters, not numbered. They're not numbered, so we don't know what they, they just, are. They start off with spoilers, so you know, you know, you're in a new uh, a new chapter once they tell you spoilers for stuff that happens later on in the sh- in the not the show. I mean the book, right? Exactly. Um, so we are now finally on Arrakis. We don't actually go through the space travel thing. They don't really spell that out how the guild transports them but they are now in the big poopy log from star trek 4 they go inside <laughs> there and it just transports them <laughs> they, they uh the whales were high on spice <laughs> and that's how they transport maybe whales are actually sandworms that have been just evolved over mm, billions yeah. of years humpback sandworms Oh boy, the the next two chapters were kind of centered on uh, Lady Jessica, and um, kind of like her processing what's going on. So we have um, she, so she's in um, a the 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 basically the place they decided they're going to make their um, main headquarters for the um, uh, House of Trades, and it's the not most exposed camp they have. Yeah, it's not their big city, so it's it's like a smaller place. It's a small garrison, uh, uh, like city or something like that. So it's not like <laughs> it's even a watering a, hole. It's it's a small canteen watering hole, and um, so uh, Jessica is like surrounded by box and trunks and people unloading things. It's, you get the idea that, um, she's kind of like standing in the middle while all these like laborers are just, you know, moving it's the moving people. So have you ever been moved by professional movers? This is kind of it on like a scale of a zillion. Except where uh, some of the movers here might want to kill you too. So it's just like, ah, uh, yes, that's possible. You got to figure out which one you want to move the piano. <laughs> Uh, and which one you don't? No, no, put that anvil down. Don't drop that on my head. So yeah, so they're they're doing all this uh, all this work around her, and she is joined while she's kind of going through everything. She's joined by uh, Duke Lido Trades, and um, they kind of have a uh, I don't know if it's a heart to heart, but he's kind of like checking in on her. And seeing how she's doing. How much do you want to stare at this lovely boar's head? Yeah, so as we alluded to last episode, um, yeah, so, he, <laughs> so part of the uh, Duke Leto's family has um, 
a, a giant portrait of his father in a Manador's costume, and then uh, is it a it's a boar's head or or is it a bull's head? I, I, it's I a black bull. It's a black bull. Oh, bull! I, I, for some reason, bull. I heard boar. When I was so, to it. and it's weird because a Manador, you know, we're kinda, he's a Spanish, of course. You know, it's funny because we're kind of like. You know, like we're th- a lot of people think that bullfighting is pretty barbaric now. So obviously, that maybe that wasn't common thought. It, right? It makes now. a comeback. I mean, come on, makes- everything, everything old is new, right? <laughs> you know, we have like done, microfilm. You know, what we haven't done in a hundred thousand years bullfighting. <laughs> Let's get back into that. <laughs> my name is Nico Montoya. You killed my father with your bullhorn. Prepare to die. My name is Lito Atreides. You killed my father, Bull. Now I kill you. Now I kill you. Side of um, And apparently that is how his father died, because it has the blood of his father on the horns, which is we learn later. And it um, has put, it was like, it put in like, a, they dipped it in resin so the blood will never come off. Yeah, exactly. So weird. Um, yeah, so they, like I said, they're not in the, so the, I guess there's like a mega city on um, so the- Iraq it's called Carthage. And Carthage, uh, yeah, it's uh, yes. car C A R T H A G Carhag Carthag Carthag Carthage. Oh, just yeah. you know, like, that's the, what, what, an Egyptian city, Carthage. Yes, yeah. and but they didn't go there. They went to a place um, uh, two hundred kilometers across uh, the uh, two hundred kilometers across the northeast um, the uh, of the broken land. And this place is called Iraq, Iraqin. So that's the place that they've decided to settle in. Look at and, the Iraq on that one. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And uh, she's, uh, before the Duke shows up, she's kind of looking at the architecture and seeing like these big buttress walls and like these arch, uh, arch, um, Ceilings that have like uh, giant pieces of timber holding up, and she was like, "This must have cost so much money." Yeah, it's funny because they are honestly, uh, you know, Lido. I don't know about the Harkonnens. They seem to be pinching pennies. You know, they they're very cost efficient. You know, they're, they're thinking about that, but back then they didn't care. So back in the good old days, where we could spend money like it was going out of style. Exactly. Economics, <laughs> economics of the of the matadoring future are yeah, the, scary. The, the spice really flowed back then, and um, so, anyways, yeah. So, like, we get in this whole thing about the the black bull head that's on this polished board and and the uh, portrait of uh, uh, the duke's father, and and then when uh, the duke shows up, he's more checking in on her. And um, she, he's trying to see how she's doing because he's like just rushing around everywhere. And um, we just find out that you know he's kind of saying like, well, giving suggestions on places in this like palace area where they could where they could make uh, their their rooms and they can start living, so they can set up where they're going to live. And anyway, so they go they go over kind of like just kind of getting settled in and how. Everything is going for getting settled in, and how the Duke and uh, how it has been going through and making sure everything's secure. Because obviously, there's a big fear of a lot of har- uh, uh, the Harkonnen traps that have been left behind going on. So, well, we just booby trip everything, <laughs> right? So, uh, but uh, he does tell him, um, 
uh, that she, um, the bear, um, not sorry, the Baron, the Duke tells uh, Lady Jessica that she's going to be given uh, kind of a servant woman uh, named Shadow Mapes. And uh, I guess that has a meaning of well dipper. I shout out to the Mapes. Woo, Mapes. Shout out to the shout Mapes. That's right. And uh, I suppose, and that's supposed to be like a high regard or, or someone of high status if you're given that uh, that title of well dipper. So that's uh, that's what shout out means in uh, as a, a Fremen language. Anyways, um, so so they have a little back and forth, and they talk about you know just the 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 risk of being on uh, on Arrakis. And Lady and, Jessica's judging her for her blue eyes. She's like, oh, she gets high on spice all the time. You're always high, and it's kind of like she's kind of keeping quiet uh, to the Duke, um, like biting her tongue basically. You know that you know that she's not totally cool with moving to Arrakis, but she's doing it because obviously the money involved and everything else. So, um, so from there, uh, he he takes off. He says, "Hey, I got to go. I got a hundred other things to do, and uh, I'm going to eat dinner with uh, you know in some with my men or something like that. So I won't be having a formal dinner or anything like that. So, so you can eat in your room by yourself." Yes, exactly. Like the sad, not married woman you are. <laughs> Concubine. <laughs> poor, poor lady Jessica. Um, so, uh, and then, uh, so what, after the Duke leaves, Jessica has a sort of uh, almost a breakdown for a moment, where she's um, she's looking at this uh, the the painting of the old Duke, the Duke's father, and uh, how she's kind of like angry about everything and she starts going damn you damn you damn you and then who's right behind her it's me the shout out mips <laughs> hey guys hey guys i'm the shout out mips i might kill you later i don't know feeling cute um, might kill you later so uh, Jessica turns around and sees, as it described as a knobby, gray-haired woman in a shapeless uh, sack dress of a bondsman brown. The woman looked wrinkled and desiccated as any member of the mob that had greeted them along the way from landing, uh, the landing field that morning. Well, uh, thank goodness she's not in a form-fitting still suit. Yeah, I know. Every, yeah, exactly. Every uh, native she had seen on the plant, Jessica, Jessica thought, looked like prune-dried and undernourished. So not a very... Flattering description of Shadow Mapes. Oh, it's just going to be the sexiest scene when the Shadow Mapes starts seducing her after uh, Duke Leto dies. Oh, Jesus. Um, so she's, you know, Shadow Mapes wants to know what her orders are. And she goes, you know, she keeps on calling her noble born. She's like, you can call me my lady. Let's be casual here. <laughs> casual Fridays. Casual Sandays. <laughs> Every single day is casual sand days on Arrakis. Every day is sand day on Arrakis. Um, so um, uh, there's so there's a little back and forth about talking about how um, you know how important water is between uh, the two, and and um, she goes into talking about. Um, it, well, what's funny is that uh, she talks. She says, "My husband told me your title is shat it." Jessica says, and I recognize the word, it's a very ancient word. And she goes, you know ancient tongues then? And he says, uh, and Jessica responds, tongues are the Bene Gesserit's first learning. And then she starts talking about a different language uh, that she knows. Is she talking about oral? 
Yeah, yeah. She says she's a cunning linguist. And uh, then she goes, um, and, and Mabe says, just as the legend says. So there's this, like, prophecy, obviously, about uh, a Bene Gesserit mother that would come and obviously, um, uh, like, basically uh, also a messiah that's going to lead them out of their, you know, hard lives. That Dune been. Messiah. That's the third book, right? I know. I think it's the second. But, I thought Children um, of Dune was the second. Oh, maybe you're right. I'd have to look again. So anyways, and, go, and then she goes, Jessica further goes, uh, I know the dark things and the ways of the great mother. And then she starts saying even some other, like, um, bizarre languages that, you know, are don't mean anything to us. And Shadow Mapes gets kind of scared and she starts backing up because she's saying these words that must mean something to her and it's freaking her out. She's getting excited. Not excited. She's she's like she's it says she's she steps backwards and appears poised to flee. And then Jessica says, I know many things. I know that you have born children and that you have lost loved ones and that you have hidden in fear and that you have done violence and will yet do more violence. I know many things. And so this <sighs> really freaks her out. I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> What would you like for Christmas, little girl? You've been a bad girl. You get sand. Yeah, sand for everyone. No, not more sand. So she, she like I said, she freaks her out and it says, you, uh, Jessica then further says, you speak of a legend and seek answers. Before the, uh, before the answers you may find, I, uh, I know you come prepared for violence with a weapon on your bodice. And she's like, ah, what? How did you figure, how did you know that? And um, I saw so, you in the shower. Ah. <laughs> I see that bulge in your pants. So she, then we find out, and it's funny because uh, during this whole period, Jessica's trying to read the shadow mapes and seeing is she going to become violent and try to attack me, or is there something more that here I'm not seeing, you know? And, you know, obviously, Lady Jessica just probably call for guards and she'll, you know, be taken care of. And, killed her or whatever put your hand in the bodice (laughs) so uh what we find out that when she asks her what she has she says um uh, the shadow mate brings out the knife and says do you know what this is my lady and she knows that this is a a a a crystal knife of arrakis and these are blades that are made from ground down sandworms the shia uh shia Hood. I'm saying, I think I'm saying that the, right. The sandworm tooths. Yeah, the tooth, the sandworm. So, and she the ideal weapon for sting. Yes, exactly. And she goes and she says, "Do you know? Uh, do you know its meaning?" And then it's funny. Uh, Lady Jessica goes through these tr- uh, sh- uh, different thoughts about what what the knife is and what it's about. And she's going. She was going to say it was uh, a maker of death, but she first just says a maker. And she doesn't even finish what she's going to say. And this is when uh, Shadow Mapes just screams out. Ah! <laughs> she's excited. Yeah. And it says, uh, it says a sound of both grief and elation. And she trembled so hard the knife blade sent a, a glittering shards of reflections shooting through the room. So, like, and Jessica's like, okay. <laughs> but she knew that she said the right words, obviously. Check, so. please. I'm going to go back to Kaladin. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, and then what happens is uh, 
and but Jessica plays it off like she's she's like almost like all seeing understanding. She's she's really playing the Je- Bene Gesserit uh, role here. Like you know she knows what the hell's going on. Jessica says, uh, "Did you think that I, uh, knowing the mysteries of the Great Mother, would not know the Maker?" And the mape slowers the knife. He goes, my lady. And my lady. <laughs> when one has lived with prophecy for so long, the moment of revelation is a, is a shock. So, um, oh, shut it, mape. She shattered the pads. Right. And she shows her the knife, and she takes the knife out of the sheath. And so basically telling her about it. Um, and then uh, when she's going to put the blade back, Jessica says, by the way, you know, if that... That that knife is unsheathed, you know, you have to take blood with it. So Jessica knows a lot about this this knife business for, for being on the first day of Arrakis. She, she must studied have studied weapons for a long, long time. I guess so. And so Shadow Maves basically saying, "You can take the water of my life." So basically, you can kill me with this knife. And uh, Jessica grabs it and wonders even if it has a uh, if it's poisoned on the tip there. Uh, but she just takes a scratch with the blade's edge uh, above uh, Shadow Mabe's breast. So gives her a little cut. And, uh, and notices that um, almost immediately she start, her blood starts coagulating. And she goes, ultra-fast fast coagulation. And he thought, is this a moisture-conserving um, mutation? So there's this like, little thing about the Fremen that's thrown out there. We don't know if that's true or not, but that's very interesting. Yeah, different biology. Uh, hmm. Um, so, uh, so she doesn't kill the Shat Mapes, but, you know, basically just gives her a little cut. <laughs> yeah, flesh wound, your highness. <laughs> and, um, uh, also interestingly, she goes, um, the Mapes, uh, has the knife sheath and says to tell, t- tells Jessica to keep it on her body. And, um, and anybody who sees the knife, uh, must be cleansed or slain. So anybody who sees it's got to be, like, take a shower. I don't know. I don't know what the cleansing part meant, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe they'll get into that later. I don't know. Yeah. Paul, uh, take a bath. I have to show you something. Here's so, a sponge. So she says. Uh, she says uh, to you know to conceal it on herself, and um, uh, the and says the uncleans who have seen the sh- uh, crystal knife may not leave Arrakis alive. Never forget that, my lady. You've been entrusted with a crystal knife, and he took a deep breath. And says, and, and now uh, the thing must take its course. It cannot uh, cannot be hurried. And so people are, th- there's boxes everywhere. And she's like, there's plenty of work. Uh, what do you want me to do? So, and uh, she says, take the picture, the portrait of the Duke's uh, father and take the bull's head and uh, hang it in the great uh, dining hall. So, and uh, so there, there we have... Uh, their interactions there. Oh, and one other thing that was uh, interesting about the knife too is that it has to stay close to human flesh. Um, I'm trying to find where it says here about this. It has to stay close to uh, human flesh, or um, the knife will start to decay. Yeah, yeah, it was something strange like that. It was in- interesting. Yeah, I don't know why that's the case, but well, we have microfilms, so we have to believe this is true. Yeah. So that and that kind of. So that's how it ends. It, but actually, the, just before this chapter ends, the Shadow Mapes uh, is cleaning up the wrapping and uh, from the bull's head, and she says, "She's the one, all right." She mutters, "Poor thing." So, well, Shadow Mapes just baits her. She can't leave the planet. She just showed her something. 
just can't go nowhere now. Yeah, I know, right? Now she has to stay on the Rackus. Um, now we go to the next chapter, and the reframe here is Yui, Yui, Yui. A million deaths were not enough for Yui. Aww. <laughs> Poor Yui. Um, so Lady Jessica is walking through uh, the palace some more, and um, she comes into a room with some empty bookcases and some things that are still being unpacked. Um, and she sees Dr. Yui, and his he's looking outside the window. And uh, Jessica kind of walks into the room, and uh, she she knows that Paul was uh, like training with them or or studying with Yui for a little bit, and she asks about Paul. Doctor Warmouth. Yeah, Doctor Warmouth gave him some sedatives. Okay, Bill Cosby. Uh oh. I mean, we did establish last week that Doctor Yui's kind of creepy. Although some yeah. people pushed back that he's no more creepy than anyone else. Like, I, I don't know about that. But, you know. Well, yeah. Who's more creepy than Yui in this? Besides the uh, besides Baron Harkonnen. Yeah, I know. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I was I was confused at that too. But like, I I, I think uh, Yui's pretty pretty creepy. He's creeping on underage boys. Yeah, and he keeps on seeing them or having them halfway asleep or knocked out. So, <laughs> and all naked. Yeah, that's right. So the funny thing is, Yui is very uh, aware that Jessica is a Bene Gesserit, and she knows how to read and to see people's actions. So she's very attuned to how people act, and so because of that, she's. Um, uh, he's kind of very cautious in what he says to her because she's basically reading everything he says and does. And um, so um, they have this conversation about after after they talk about Paul and about talking about, um, uh, you know, just how it, nice it is to be young and fall asleep and not be worried about anything. Um, then they go into this whole thing about these uh, date uh, palm trees that are outside the palace on the window and that people are looking at them. And Yui, Yui kind of makes the observation that, you know, uh, those, uh, it says one date palm requires 40 liters of water. A man requires about eight liters. A palm then requires, uh, equals to five men. Um, and there are, are 20 palms out there, 100 men. So, like, that's how people see those date palms are trees. They're like, that's good water that could be keeping people alive right now. Yeah, everything on Arrakis is very water-focused. We, we, we pay for things in water. Right. He's got a water equivalent. Right, yeah. So, yeah, you're, it's worth his weight in water and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so you always seeing it as, like, you know, we got to be careful because even when we brought people here, people start freaking out about the idea that, you know, we're bringing people and that that water will be used for the people and other people won't be able to, uh, you know, have water to live. So that's uh, is an issue. So um, as we go further in their discussion uh, inside uh, this room, looking out the window, they're both looking out the window and they have a bit of a candid uh, conversation between each other and uh Basically, Jessica's saying, I've known you for six years. You don't have to call me, you know, my lady. You can call me Jessica. And because um, he calls her that by accident before. And he asks, um, why, how come the Duke never married uh, married her? And she was basically like, well, because. That uh, damn bull's head. 
<laughs> that damn bull's head was too gross. No, but he, she says because if he stayed unmarried, then it could be uh, bring hope that possibly that he could marry into another house, and that could bring you know some kind of um, alliance uh, in the future. So, Man, he'd have to marry Baron Harkonnen. That'd be a that'd be a rough marriage. <laughs> that would be pretty weird. He flies around with a little um, hover scooter. <laughs> make me a sandwich, Duke Leto. Make me a sandwich. Get in the kitchen. Make me a sandwich. Um, yeah, and uh, and then he, uh, um, Yui uh, talks about his wife uh, Wanda, how uh, the Harkonnens had uh, killed her, and um, so Jessica is like um, realizes that uh, Yui's been uh, upset about the and hatred has hatred about the Harkonnens. So. So she realizes that. So this whole conversation back and forth, basically, Yui's trying to hold back that obviously he's making a deal with the Harkonnens, hopefully that his wife is still alive. And um, he's trying to hide it from her. And he thinks every time he tries to give her an honest answer, he tries to be very honest, but he tries, he is trying to hold things back so she doesn't see it or, or uh, become alert to it. And... Um, like, doesn't Anyways, he have, like, some uh, kind of, like, thing done to him where you can't say certain things or something like that? Well, he has co- imperial, imperial conditioning, which basically means he can't, uh, he, he shouldn't be able to double-cross people, or, or he has this, like, serve um, honorably and that kind of thing. That's what my understanding is. I can he, look into that because Because he kept on, like, uh, the book kept on saying, uh, and even this was truth. And, like, because, like, you know, he had to dance around everything. I, I, yes, but I do think that part of it was that he knows that she's reading him. And he even says that his, his wife, Wanda, was a Bene Gesserit, and her t- truth sense or truth saying was much more um, uh, uh, acute than Lady Jessica's. Yeah. Well, just, and, he I, realized, and he realized that she couldn't read him as well as his, his wife, Wanda, could. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting because in the, in the Wheel of Time series, uh, the Aes Sedai have this thing done to them where they can't, they, they cannot tell a lie. Um, I can tell a lie. They can, but so, like, they just, like, warp the truth as much as they can when they, when they talk because people think they're really dishonest, even though, like, theoretically they can't lie. Right. So I just wondered if something similar that happened to him where he just, like, physically cannot tell a lie. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, also, we learned something real quick here, too, that we didn't know. He's what part the- Abraham Lincoln. I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> I like it. Um, um, the Atreides uh, and the, the feud between the how and the Harkonnens, how that got started. And it says um, it was um, it was a deep um, uh, uh, the Harkonnens were banished for their cowardice. Of the Battle of Koren. So uh, we don't know what that is yet, but um, uh, that's basically why the Harkonnens um, kind of hate the Artrades and back and forth. And uh, Yui's like, yes, that was an old feud, so which has gone back for quite quite some time. And um, and uh, just real quick, then we get a whole thing about how uh, the spice um, tastes like cinnamon at first when you first taste it, but then it starts changing. Every time you have it's it. It's never the same, but it still tastes like cinnamon. Lemon lime. <laughs> Key lime cinnamon. I know, right? So um, interesting that it keeps changing. But, but today um, it's cocaine-flavored cinnamon. Yeah, yeah, cocaine-flavored. 
<laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so they kind of wrap up their conversation and talking about, um, just their situation and everything and, and where they're at. And, um, Jessica decides that she's going to leave. And just when she's leaving, uh, she says that she thinks to herself, all this time we, uh, we talked, he was hiding something, holding something back. She thought, uh, to save my feelings, no doubt. He's a good man. Again, she hesitated, almost turning back to confront Yui and to drag uh, the hidden thing from him. But that would only shame him, frighten him to uh, frighten him to learn he's so easy, easily uh, read. Um, I should place more trust in my friends. No, you shouldn't, Jessica. Not this time. So, um, no, not. So that wraps up those two chapters. You know, Yui seems a little more human in this uh, this chapter he seems a little more um how should we say he he you see he does care for their tradies at some point but he obviously cares for his wife wanda more yeah i mean like he, he seems more normal in this in this uh chapter not as uh creepy as he came across in the last one for but sure. he's still weird oh yeah i mean imperial condition would do that to you yeah <laughs> and uh in the shadow mapes, that was an interesting um, interaction. Interesting uh, exchange. Yeah. What what they have between the two characters. Um, I don't know really about the interaction between the Duke and, and Jessica, other than just trying to establish their relationship, and maybe that she's trying to be a dutiful wife, but she's got her doubts about everything. Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. So it's good stuff. Uh, anything else you want to bring to this? No, we're good. Hopefully next time we'll have Holly back and maybe three of us talking about Dune so she's not left so far behind. <laughs> yeah, true enough. Dune, don't get left behind or the sandworms will eat you. Yes, they're very vicious. <laughs> well, guys, I hope you're enjoying our Dune coverage. Um, as always, if you have more to say or thoughts about what we're talking about, if we got something wrong or if you say there's something we need to correct, uh, let us know. You can email us at synthaholics at yahoo.com. You can hit us up on our Facebook groups page, uh, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash synthaholics. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can even tweet at us or message us on Twitter at Synthaholic Duo. Uh, and of course, if this show is something you want to help support and help us keep uh, cranking out more shows like this, go to our Patreon, Patreon for slash Synthaholics, and uh, you can help us there. All right, guys, until next week, uh, get your books out, start reading Dune, and. The spice this, must flow like, through the shattered maps. Shattered maps. <laughs> Put cinnamon hey, in your drinks. Hey guys, and shout mates. Shout mates. That's the official official talk for shout mates for now. Shout it mates. <laughs> All right, guys. See ya. Later. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in a sink. And we'll cry till we laugh. And we'll both shit our pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had